Well, hello. It's me once again, Dean, with the X-Files podcast over here at LSG Media. And uh, while I do have a podcast for you guys, what I did was I actually took the audio from the YouTube clip. Um, I took the, not the clip, I took the audio from the YouTube show and uh, I was able to acquire just the audio and now I have touched it up and I'm releasing it as a podcast. Um, So... If this is your first time listening to this uh, and you didn't listen to our announcement about Sleepless, then you probably don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Here's what I'm talking about. Um, we had some uh, we had some more issues on uh, the recording end of this podcast, and as a result, our raw podcasting recording was uh, compromised. But uh, we did the show on YouTube, and that means that there was uh, the show existed, the Sleepless episode existed out in YouTube land, and... Um, I was able to get the audio from the YouTube one and clean it up, and now I'm releasing it as a podcast. So I suppose you can disregard the announcement that came prior to this podcast episode dropping, other than to say the sound quality is not going to be quite as good as we want it to be yet again. I can assure you we are painstakingly taking steps to eliminate these problems in the future, and your patience is greatly appreciated. Uh, So with that, I will shut my mouth and step aside so you guys can listen to Sleepless if you haven't already watched our coverage of it on YouTube, which, by the way, you should go subscribe to, libertystreetgeek.net slash live. Welcome back to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Josh. And on this week's episode, we're talking season two, episode four, Sleepless. Josh, I got a question for you. Send it. What do you suppose, I mean, 24 hours this episode was written. That's what I'm reading, right? Yeah. What is, I want to talk about, there's so many fascinating things to talk about in this episode. Although the strange thing about this episode is I don't know. I mean, yes, some of them are related, but I am, I'm going to be honest with you. I like this episode, but I'm kind of feeling like, yeah, I like it. Like I'm doing that. I'm going to, yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah that's but- cool. I don't even know. Just like, yeah, I like it. What's your, uh, what's your beef? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. Does it feel to you like something that was written in 24 hours? It, well, to be, to be perfectly honest with you. I didn't know that was the case, obviously, until I read about that. Um, I don't know if it feels overly disorganized, but I feel like there's a lot of different things. As I'm speaking to you, I feel like there's a lot of different things in this episode that probably could almost be explored on their own. The idea of sleeplessness and insomnia and that stuff, that's really fascinating to me as a concept. Then there's the concept of um, this haunted Vietnam veteran who believes he's enacting some sort of justice um, and then there's the biblical aspect of that justice and, um, and then there's cry check. And then there's the tying this to the government as it's a conspiracy. Clearly if they experimented on these poor men and, uh, led them to do horrific things as a result of these experiments, that's almost like a thing. So I feel like I have, I feel like I have a, um, uh, like a Plinko game. Like you put it in, ting, 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 it goes down and the little disc just finds a random thing. And it's all in one episode. Do you know what I mean? Okay, I'm hearing you. Now, that's not to say I don't like multifaceted episodes, but I, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just kind of like, eh. There's a lot of little stuff here I like, though. Yeah. Right? I mean, on top of the episode, we have, uh, I know, I know you're a cry check man. 
I know you are. Of course. And you hey, have can to I be. say something real quick about Crycheck this week? <laughs> sure. Seems real gay. <laughs> I mean, super gay. By gay, do you mean wants to make love to another man, or 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 gay in like the middle school version of gay? No, no. I mean, actually homosexual. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not, so you think he's got the hots from for yeah. Mr. Mulder? Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the the good type of gay, not the, the other gay the, that we used for other the purposes. Good, the good old dick sucking gay. Yeah, I guess maybe he does. I don't know. I don't know what they're all into. But well, all right. I I I gotta say, um, this is an episode I remembered pretty well. That's good. You know, it was not one that was like, oh yeah, yeah. What happens? I, most of this was pretty fresh in my mind, and uh, I kind of liked it even more than I remembered. Nice. This this one came off a little bit more favorably. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the good news I, with I, an episode like this for me personally is I don't have a lot of. I don't really have much bad to say about it, if that makes sense. So I'm I'm hoping I can find good stuff and then maybe you can highlight some things that may make it more interesting than I felt it was. And maybe that's what I'm getting at. I don't know if I found it super interesting, but goddamn do I love Tony Todd. Candyman. Yeah, I have a soft spot for him. I like that guy. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Dean. Go. What's the longest you've ever stayed awake? Um... I want to say 20 some odd, 20, over 24 hours once when I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty any, weird. Any, my any friend. Weirdness? Oh, yeah. My friend yeah. went even longer, my friend Bernardo. <laughs> and um, I remember once after I went to sleep and I got up for a little while and he was still awake. And then I went back and then I got up and then I saw him laying face down on the floor in a room. And I was like, I thought he was dead, but he was just literally asleep. <laughs> and it almost, it became a thing for him where he was like, I'm just going to see how long I can stay awake. And he had to be approaching, I don't know, a lot of hours, which is hard because he was alone and we're in high school and, you know, we're just like <laughs> young kids. So, but yeah, not, not particularly long. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep is a, it's a crazy thing, man. That is a rabbit hole. You can definitely dive down. Just like, what is sleep? It's, Why do we sleep? Why do we need sleep? It's crazy that we really still like modern science does not completely understand why we need the amount of sleep we do, what sleep does to us. I mean, there's a lot that we've learned, but there's a lot that's still kind of like, yeah, don't really get it. Yeah. Just kind of need it. I know, you don't get you, it, I know that you had some- Eventually you kind of uh, die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. It's, it's funny, you know, it's, it occupies easily 33% of our lives, yet there's only small little paragraphs devoted to it, at least for laymen. It's, way, it's weird, I wish, right? I wish it occupied 33% of my life right now. I'm fucking tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? But it's just it's just weird. It's a weird thing. You know what got me... What made me interested in sleep was just like the beginnings of when I was a kid, really thinking about things like Nightmare on Elm Street. I know that sounds insane, but I was a really young... I was young when I saw that. I, I was in maybe middle school and I started thinking about, wow, sleep is weird. Like this guy can kill you in your dreams. And then in the first Nightmare on Elm Street film, they talk all about this. They talk about what nobody knows, why it happens, what's going on. And, and that's the first time I learned about REM sleep and I saw her eyes darting around. I was like, that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wild it's, fucking thing, man. You know, the first, the first time I ever tried to do an all-nighter, I was probably 12, 13 years old. Yeah, we and, were probably uh, 15. Yeah, probably 13, I think. 12, 13 
middle school, my folks were away, and uh, a family friend, Jeff Olson, ah. uh, was uh, Jeff Olson. Hell yeah, fucking uh, drum drum teacher. Yep, drum you, teacher, uh, drummer of heavy metal band Trouble. Yeah, yeah, fuck, he's a cool dude. Fuck yeah, plastic greenhead. How's uh, he doing these days? Side note: Let's get uh, real personal good. and uninvolved the listeners. <laughs> he's working for a brewery <laughs> like, in New England. Like we're just on a phone call. <laughs> fuck the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I see him like once a year. Yeah. All right, cool. That's all. But um. So he was quote unquote babysitting, but we weren't like really yeah, babies. And my course, my friend, our friend Levin was staying over, and uh, cool. We he said we were going to watch the entire Star Trek series at the time. It was six movies. That's uh, that's the shit right there, man. <laughs> so six p.m. we went to start Star Trek One, the motion picture, <laughs> and uh, didn't make it. Didn't make it through Star Trek Five. Yeah, of course. Well, when you were still, in the um, still never seen the entire movie of Star Trek Five. Wow, that's wild. Um, yeah. You had to. I'm assuming. I know this always happens in in many different branches of the military, but sleep deprivation is a type of fun. They they wake you up and shit. I mean, I'm assuming that's something you had to endure when you were in OCS. Yeah, they do a lot of that. That's, yeah, because um, they want you to feel it, right? They need you to. They need you to know how you might. You don't want that to be the first time you feel it if you have to feel it in a life and death situation, I guess, right? You want to make sure you felt it before. Yeah, that was definitely not as fun as the Star Trek marathon, but I did. Uh, <laughs> they do a, a lot of it. Actually, and from, I've only been to, so if you don't know, like officers go to OCS, unless right. they go to boot camp. Um, but I so have not friends Paris that both. <laughs> right, we were in Quantico. But I have friends that were enlisted and then did the officer thing. And they say they do a lot more sleep depth at OCS than they do at boot camp. And um, it really fucks with your decision-making and just mm. your general cognitive ability. It's surprising when you, when you, kind of mind over matter um it doesn't affect you physically as much as you think it should right like you can you can physically function at a very high level with very minimal sleep much more than you think you would it's a lot more mental sure um but yeah man i have some real crazy there's a this crazy distinct memory i have it's a tiny thing but i remember it so vividly because so much of round of it was a blur i was standing outside the chow hall we like you know, getting fucked with and like run in, have to eat in like 30 seconds and run out. We're forming up outside, looking over the icy Potomac River. It's January and standing in formation. We're silent, waiting for everybody to get out. And the sun's on the horizon. And I couldn't figure out if it was dawn or dusk. Nice. Not just for a moment. Like I sat there and thought about it for like five minutes as we were like getting ready. I couldn't figure out if we just started the day or the day was ending. I was that <laughs> sleep deprived. And uh, it took until like the sun ended up coming all the way up. Being like, oh, okay. No. It's going that way. <laughs> cool. I, I don't get to sleep again for a while. Yeah, Great. there was crazy. I was reading quite a bit about that. And there's this, uh, there's this army gentleman who um who was doing a really crazy situation like that it's i wish i could link to it but i don't remember it but it, he was up for so long that at one point on patrol he was convinced for a solid i don't know x amount of time that he was looking at an enemy combatant with a rifle just up against a tree and he said he just kept looking at it and then he'd see no 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 it's a tree with branch it's a tree with branch he was he was on like i don't know he said like hour 48 maybe 36, which is insanity. Yeah. Crazy, man. Yeah. The, but the hallucinogen I mean, it is, is something. It's uh, DMT, right? Your brain is, it's like your brain is releasing the toxins it's supposed to um, when you're asleep. But one of the craziest things I ever heard was this sleep deprivation study on this guy. And they kept his eyes open with those fucking like crazy clockwork orange things. <laughs> yeah. And they, they had him 
they had him with this like, you know, the Jeopardy buzzer <laughs> in his hand. And yeah. they said, every time the light flashes, you pull the thing, click it down. And they sleep deprived him for a very long time. And it got to a point where they flashed him with the light. He didn't click it. They flashed him with the light. He didn't click it. They flashed him with the light. He didn't click it. And then they flashed him again and he clicked it. And they were looking at his brainwaves and they're like, oh, he was asleep. With his fucking eyes pried open. Oh, boy. God, that's so wacky, right? Also, yeah. fuck that study. <laughs> that <laughs> sucks. I, dude, I hope you got I hope you got something out of that. Yeah. Here's 50 bucks. Wowee. <laughs> Thank you. 50. Put that right near my blood that I got for free. Fuck. Yeah, but it's something that, you know, I understand why they train you for it because you, you don't, I don't know, you don't Until get, you experience um, it, right? Yeah, you, it never stops fucking with you, but you do kind of get more used to operating in that environment and kind of knowing like the the weird stuff your your body and your mind are going to do to you. Sure, makes sense, man. And then you know, just there's any any amount of caffeine and nicotine will eventually kind of kind of help a bit. Yeah, I, to 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 sort of corroborate your story about the physical aspect of it, a lot of what I was reading about was saying that you know your adrenaline is is a very big factor in this, which is why it's good and which is why sleep deprivation when you're driving is so dangerous because there's really no adrenaline. You're just kind of zoned out, especially at night on a quiet highway. Yeah. My dad, man, yeah, every- he fell asleep once driving a trailer truck um, and hit, went onto the medium. So he's crossing the highway in a rig and then boom, he woke up from the, the fucking cab just boom because he has 18 wheels. And he fucking, whoa, and he like just corrects back onto the highway. And uh, I was like, that's scary. He used to do like drive to Florida every two weeks from Massachusetts. Every two weeks. Crazy, man. Yeah. yeah. Those guys. Fuck that. Every, everybody Fuck has that. like a, there's, there isn't a person, a, a driving American adult that Correct. hasn't had a, oh shit, like I fell asleep <laughs> behind the wheel for, for a second moment. Yep. And, yeah. and you, that's where you get the adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Realize, you hit that rumble strip and you're like, <gasps> dude, <gasps> coming home from Bose was all the time. Like the dead of winter. Yeah. Cr- cr- <sighs> yeah. You're just lowering the windows. It's January. That's the <laughs> like move. Cranking the music. That's the move, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I like that part of it. This, uh, this episode a lot, the, the element of sleep is fascinating. And, and the, the, the experiment that they played on these guys, the thought, you know, those lines when they say like, I haven't slept a night in 24 Dude, years. so outrageous. The thought of that is fucking mental. Dude, that's so mental. So well, what and, do you say? You want to talk about this man getting flamed up real nice? Yeah. Oh boy, this guy. So let me ask you, <laughs> do you have a matching set of um, silk pajamas with little uh, little footsie slippers? I don't even own pajamas, if you must know. <laughs> well, you must not be a doctor. I guess not. Yeah, I don't I don't quite have that outfit he's rocking. <laughs> it's a real thing, boy. Dr. Grissom. <laughs> Dr. It looks Grissom. like a uh, <laughs> He doesn't look like a Grissom, does he? No. Grissom no. should be a, a detective, a hard boiled kind of fat. Right, isn't that the guy? Isn't Grissom? Isn't that Batman? One of the? Uh, yeah. No, that's no. No, I'm thinking isn't somebody Grissom else. Grissom, uh, author? Yeah, probably. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't own them. I I do like, you know, the pants you wear to the gym. Those types of pants. Yeah, yeah. Those are your home. In, in, increasingly, I don't like pants in bed though. It's just way too hot. Oh, dude, I haven't slept in more than boxers for. I know. It's too hot. It gets way too hot. <clears throat> so yeah, he's uh, Saul Grissom just chilling out, watching some news, and then uh, the smoke under the door goes to the door, opens it, raging inferno outside. By the way, his face is so punchable. When I want him to burn to death, I want him to die. 
<laughs> well, I don't know. Like the face he makes when he goes to fight the fire. I just want him to I just want him to perish. I'm gonna go up and smoke. I can't do it. Pretty pretty decent response. He he gets the uh he gets the call in. You know what he looks like? He looks like a like a much shittier Alex Trebek now that I'm looking at it. A little mm, bit. Without missing a mustache. Yeah, of course. A weaker, yeah. weaker version. A very a very kind of a soy boy version. Yeah, but he um he does not uh, not do too well with that that uh, fire extinguisher. Pass, man. Pass. Pass. Yeah, get get a rag, put on your face, get low, try to get the fuck out of there. Something, something else. I mean, there's got to be. I mean, at least he called nine one one pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Get your get your get your little weak ass face over to a window. Stick your little mouth out there. Start sucking in some air and uh, wait for you know real uh, real men to come and save and- you. Dude, is there not a real man in this fucking moment? Oh, the, the fire lieutenant with that, Come on. that walrus mustache. That comes fucking in? man, that dude is the best. Also, mm. that guy, I I mean, it, it, I'll tell you, at one point I thought, are these guys real firefighters? They're just a tiny little thing, like using the head of the axe because you're holding it to open the thing. That's just cool. Like that, you know what I mean? There's just little yeah. tiny things I wonder. Like are they are they acting or or what are they doing here? But that guy that guy kicks ass. Yeah, I want to see him on Rescue Nine One One. There you go, nice. And I I like that. Uh, <laughs> I guess a, a a false alarm is the equivalent of a no knock warrant. You just fucking <laughs> just bust the door and don't say like oh there's no fire. Let's knock on the door and see who's there. Nope, just immediate immediate Halligan tool and uh, or not even he has that. Uh, what do you call that little pattern ram dealio? I don't even whatever. Know. Yeah. Wax that thing open and and we see uh, Mr. Grissom and Dean. Dean, you got your wish. He's dead as a doornail. Dead as a doornail. Um, yeah, and I mean, I tell you, there's this real close shot of our firefighter with that beautiful mustache. It's a handsome bastard. Yeah, he's yeah. like, well, man's man. That's a dead, uh, dead rich man. Goddamn, how'd he die? But I liked that. That was a cool play. Like I liked. I like the idea of how they played that. They're like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring the whole, run the whole crew up. There's one point from the hallway, it looks like there's a fire. Ooh, whose POV is that? And I was wondering if he was affecting. Mulder, with, he's got that really soft hair in this season. Yeah. I don't know what it yeah. is, man. <laughs> it is very distracting to me. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he just used conditioner for like the first time in a week and like really like rubbed his hair dry, like really like shh. And it's just like frilly. What is he? All the time. How is he dressing? Is that a peach shirt tucked into jeans, sir? Dude, that that's a no-no. Later in this episode, he will make a claim about one Alex Krychek. And oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. Actually, let me just ask you now. We, we did this once a uh, question game back with um, Ghost in the Machine, I believe. Ooh. I asked you to rank Ghost in the Machine. What are the most probable to least probable things? Was that Ghost in the Machine? No, shapes. I'm sorry, shapes. shapes. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to ask you now. Instead of that, <laughs> what are the what are the most incredulous items that happen in this episode? In- one incredulous. <laughs> one, um, a fox molder accuses another man of not knowing how to dress. Hmm. Two, um, pretty internal gay. internal organs uh, learn to essentially explode like like bones and muscles. Yeah, that just doesn't work. That shatter way. at the mental thought of being shot. <laughs> Or, or three, the thought that a Marine would ever, ever exercise any kind of empathy for dead civilians. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come on. You're lucky, they're your boys. All... You're lucky it wasn't your crew over a fucking my lie, bro. <laughs> Come on. They're all Charlie. <laughs> they're all Charlie. They're all insurgents, bro. Wow. A lot of action. Um, 
I think realistically, number two is the most outrageous thing in this episode. Yeah, I think you're probably got it's that. It's pretty thing. ridiculous, right? But it's got to be number one next. Really? Mulder knocking somebody for, for dress? Yeah. Pretty, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. The nerve. Yeah, incredulous. This That's is, a good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it strains the credulity. Mm, wow. Nice. But we haven't even, we haven't even mentioned it, which is crazy. Here we are, fifteen twenty minutes in, um, and it won't come up till later. But we get the first hints of it here: the introduction of Mister X. Mister X, yeah, dude, he's great. Love this. Yeah, he rules. We're only four episodes removed from the death of Deep Throat, mm-hmm. the, the original informant, and uh, things are. Things in the X Files. Well, there really there is no X Files, but it's um, you know Mulder's really out on his own. He and Scully are separated, and this this hint of this new informant Mulder gets this article circled. He does. Prominent doctor dies. Yeah. And a uh, an audio cassette tape of the nine one one call, as we used to call them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's Grissom calling, talking about a fire, and he immediately goes to uh, Mulder goes to Skinner. He does. He says, uh, "Well, let's talk to Skinner." Um, and, uh, the article makes no mention of the fire, Mulder says, and Skinner says, yes, Agent Mulder, I can read. God bless him. I mean, is there anybody more awesome than Skinner? He's so, such a hard ass. Just look at him, for Christ's sakes. You know what I mean? He just looks like a, uh, and see, so, you know what I love about this scene with him is I like watching his annoyance at Mulder, like the growing annoyance because part of him knows that Mulder's right about some of this shit. Yeah, and, and he already put himself on the line for this dude. Now he's here with his silly little cassette tape. <laughs> Come on, pal. Uh, Don't you have 24 hours of wiretaps to catch up on? Dude, I love it. That's not why you want the assignment. Yeah, the wiretap shit's so funny. This fucking broad. <laughs> Are you coming over or what? Is Mulder listening to the Jersey Shore? Is that what his assignment is? It's been his assignment for a while. It's so ridiculous. It's outrageous. Hey, come on, we trying to bang this broad. <laughs> oh boy, this guy again. Yeah, it's Tony Danza. Uh, yep, Mulder that's his job. Uh, back at his desk attentively, and we get our introduction to one Alex Krychek. Boy, does he get a case of the ass from Mulder right away? <laughs> Dude, one of the most aggressive things you can do. Well, I'm sorry. One of the most passive aggressive things you can exactly. do in a in a social setting in the West, I guess, is the complete disregard of an extended hand. It's brutal. And that shit is like that's high level, especially like in a professional setting. Yeah, you're an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. Another FBI agent approaches you, hands you an approved 302, says Skinner signed off. Here you go. Mulder says, "Well, there's a problem." <laughs> I, there shouldn't be another agent assigned. I mean, well, and it's, that's me. Yeah, and it's you know what's bad about the 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 diss on the handshake. It's so. First of all, he doesn't even make mention of it. He just ignores it entirely, and then Crycheck doesn't even address it, which also bothers me. And it's it's <laughs> not like it's got some witty uh, banter behind it. He's not pulling a Doc Holiday, right? He's not saying, "Forgive me if I don't shake hands," right? It's not even like a, it's not even like a, that's my thing. I'm Doc Holiday, right? It's like it's just a, yeah. in in the fact that Krychek doesn't go. What is your fucking hand broken? Like <laughs> s- tell him, ask, well, say something to him. I mean, it makes sense in the context. Once yes, you yes. Once we learn, he's been a what like, Krychek's deal is. Yeah, but for Mulder, 
I mean, it makes sense for his character too because he's just he doesn't he doesn't play the game well. Like even 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 if you want to do this thing, you want to do your your little sulky lone wolf, yeah. you know, thing that you're you're caught up in. You know, the, the 14 closure. year old boy thing. The, the incredible <laughs> sulk. Yes, 100%. Yeah, you want to do that, but yeah, I mean, just shake the guy's hand mm. and then say something dismissive. Correct. Make it a little, try to be a little more witty about it. You're all, you're always so witty, yet here. But I like, I got yeah. you. I like Crycheck here, though, and I like the actor. Yeah, he's great. Nick, Nicholas Lay. I mean, we, we've talked about Crycheck in, in episodes to come in the future that we have already recorded in a weird time paradox thing, but, um, love this guy and I kind of forgot if there's anything I forgot about this episode I remember that he was in it this was his introduction but I forgot just how Boy Scout G. Willikers he comes off in this right. and it's really good especially with the context in the back of your head of the he's a fucking stone face killer stone cold killer <laughs> this serpent this death dealer ace of spades that's why he is that's why he's so cool man that's why I've always loved him yeah you know I, I, dude, I got to be honest with you. I had forgotten about his introduction into the series, and this was a pleasant surprise. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 It well, was great. Well, we should also, also mention back in, um, I think it was Gender Bender. Mm. The actor appeared in the show beforehand. Sure. But not as, uh, not as Alex Krychek. He was a kind of a, a one-time little stand-in as uh, the would-be victim of the, uh, of the antagonist in that episode, Gender Bender. Right. Which is kind of a weird thing. Yeah. What do we learn here about Crycheck? We learn that he is here, um, not from not from our boy, not from our Skinner. No, no. He uh, he opened the case file two hours before Mulder. So mm. hey, my, technically, my pal, <laughs> my case. My and case. I like that he he kind of stands up when Mulder is like, "Hey, sorry, you know, I work alone. Thanks for the show and tell." Because Crycheck tells him, you know, "All right, I uh, I did talk to the cops. I." Um, he reveals a little forensic stuff that there was a expended fire extinguisher. There was, uh, I forget the chemical, but the, the chemical in the fire yep. extinguisher was found all over the floor and ceiling. And Mulder is like, okay, cool, thanks. I'm, I'm going to go do my thing. Crytek's like, whoa, I might be green, but this is my case. Right on. And then Mulder does the, the mature thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> he does the grown-up thing. Yeah. All right, I'll tell you what. I got a little work to finish up around here, boy. Why don't you go down to the motor pool and requisition us up a car and I'll meet you down there. That's all? Crycheck's is so suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Not suspicious enough. Uh, it's your party. Oh, I'll get the car. Yep. And then uh, we got our first little look at Scully. Of course, yep. this is... Um, Quantico. Nigh ready to pop. So very clever shooting on Scully. It's all like shoulders and up. Yeah, this is shot really well. It's also just clever the way we move around the room. What? Who gets the job... Who who gets the job with the guy on the table? What how is that casting called on? Or do you think that's just somebody on set? I, I, that's a good question, especially this one where he's face down. I was thinking that too. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little weird, little cold, cold white feetsies <laughs> smushed into the stainless steel. I mean, let steel me dirty. let me get a look at your feet here. All right, you're in. Okay, that's it. Got a call from a George Hill. George, remember Hill. that name from yes. Little Green? Man. Yes. Were they in the Miami Airport at one point in that episode? Yeah. Okay. Good. I was trying to think of something, and I'm pretty, and I was like, I think it was the X Files, where where our protagonists were in the Miami Airport, and I couldn't fucking remember. And I was like, I think it's X Files, so that's good. Yeah, that's where Scully was working a little trade crap. <laughs> yeah, bro. that's right. That's right. Well, uh, 
The call. Hey, you want to come up to Big <laughs> Apple do an autopsy for me? Skulls. I know you got nothing going on. You have no responsibilities other than to be at my beck and call to upset the order of your life at any time I need you to. Right? Isn't that how it works? Worst partner ever. <laughs> As Krychek is about to learn. Yeah. He's like, well, the medical examiner's going to wrap it up. We're going to take that body to go. Okay? Send it down to you. Exacerbated. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the sleep disorder clinic. Let's talk about this old iron box. (laughs) The old Margaret Thatcher of uh, sleep pathology. That's right. She says, um, uh, Dr. Grissom's alpha wave analysis defined the standard, Josh. Revolutionized the way we think about sleep. His death was a tremendous loss to the scientific community. But you didn't know that. Well, you know what I do know, Dean? I've done a couple things to kind of, you know I'm a busy man, kind of got a lot on my plate. Mm. I've done a couple things to kind of try to streamline. Um, one is um, Ben Prue does most of my notes for the show. That's good. The, the other is whenever I'm taking notes directly off the episode, whenever they do any kind of medical talk, I used to always try to write it down word for word. And then I came to realize that you always write those words down exactly. Yeah. So I just stopped. Yeah, no reason to. No, because nope. I know you're going to get it. Yeah. Do you That's want teamwork, baby? Do you want to know a, 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 a Do you want to know a terrible secret? <laughs> you have the script in front of you. I do. <laughs> well, I came I never upon got that. I came upon a I wonderful discovery. I, I came upon a wonderful discovery where every one of the transcripts for the episodes are online, <laughs> and in the day one isn't, I'm going to be scrambling. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of put them up on the screen and roll through them as we go. I did write down um, all about sleep somnias and parasomnias. Oh, is like dude, term. what is that about? Uh, Parasomnia. Uh, cool. Just how about this hallway? Just like all these weird, like little, I don't know what you call them, these little sleep chambers, right? It's all these really bizarre. With different, different sleep disorders undergoing different kinds of treatment. Do you know what it reminds me of? It looks like a high-tech haven for vampires. <laughs> It's really creeping me out. Like the monitor, they have the, it's a really high tech for the year. They have the monitors on the sides of the wall. It's dark and quiet. What a yeah. weird, what a weird place. The patients are so quiet. <laughs> Very quiet because they're asleep. <laughs> right. If it's going well. If it's going well, right. Most of, most of them are drugged or yeah. something. And uh, there's, there's talk of. Ruthie B this is- says, looks like a Japanese pod hotel. The only reason I know what she's talking about is because I watched a special on it. That's it's creepy. That's it's, where like you rent like a, a Like pod. a coffin sized thing. Yeah. The first time I ever heard of that was in fucking Cyberpunk 2020, the role-playing game. Because, you know, it's so hip, neuromancer, you know, cyberpunk shit. And it's like, oh, the megaplexes and the overcrowded cities. There's no place to sleep. You can rent a coffin, they call them. And it was like, you'd squeeze into it for the night. 10 credits a night. And then I was like, <laughs> but they do that in Japan already. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy, dude. Um, by the way, parasomnia are disruptive sleep disorders that can occur during arousal from rapid eye movement. 15 credits gets you a pod with just a pile of tentacles in there. Yeah. What you want. Oof, that's worth it. Yep. Yeah. Well, I like it. And this is also the first time we hear about the whole idea of... Uh, Essentially induced induced dreaming almost, right? Right, right. This electric electrically induced dreaming. Let me check let me take check my notes out painstakingly jotted down <laughs> verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> this patient's night terrors prevent him from cycling out REM sleep into the more restful slow wave sleep. It's still experimental. You can say that again. Experimental. But what we're trying to do is modify his brain wave patterns externally, Josh. Wow. A lot of action. 
lot of action. How you do know, you do I was that? Recently on a, we just I was recently on another uh, another podcast. You know, I don't know if I ever mentioned I was on a podcast <laughs> called Cyber Sci-Fi. Jesus Christ. But we're talking about Total Recall and just the idea of of in, you know inducing dreams or memories in that case memories. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. How how easy it is for you know for someone to I mean you you literally manipulate your memories every time you access them, and yet the idea of how memories are made and the the science of actually what it would take to to modify them in an actual controlled way is so distant. It's kind of the same thing with dreams. Like the idea of like kind of scientifically fucking with someone to stimulate dreaming or, or not dreaming by modifying their sleep is that is actually well within the realm of like doable science, but what you're actually dreaming about that shit is like, they just don't get. Yeah. There's all these theories, all these different kind of things. It's just like, yeah, whatever. Did you say that to the last guy you lobotomized? (laughs) Sorry. Had to take it. Well, let's um let's get out of here. Let's leave this place. Let's leave the sleep disorder clinic, as it were. Um, we're talking about altering dreams here. In theory, yes, says nurse. And we'll go outside the clinic where Krychik walks out towards Mulder, none too pleased. I don't get I, I don't appreciate getting treated like a like a bad prom date. Oh, but that's gay. <laughs> that's a little, yeah, a little gay. A little bit. Okay. I get it. Boy, <laughs> Mulder is man, is he like he is the most passive aggressive little bitch in this episode. Oh boy. I mean, he has to be trying to like set a record for how many digs I can make at a assigned partner. What do you get up? Copying this attitude. Of, must be some kind of rule where like if your partner requests transfer, then it's not your fault. So mm. Mulder just it's kinda like, you know, inspiring somebody to break up with you because you know, you know, the guts to do it yourself. It's gotta be like that. Like yeah. that's Mulder's approach to everything. Part of me would be just so pleased if Mul if if Krychik's hand shot up and whacked Mulder in the throat and then just hip tossed him <laughs> and got on top of him and was like, we're going to reassess this, this attitude. <laughs> Cause yeah, we know, we'll like see. we just know he's a goddamn coiled viper. It's so rad. Yeah. But he, uh, he kind of sticks it to him and then, um, he paid off his cap. So Mulder doesn't have a ride. And after he gets a little call from Scully. And no, this is the part we should mention. Crycheck is almost saying he's a champion of, of Mulder's work. Oh, that's true. Yep. You know, back at the academy, people would say, some people would really make fun of you, dig on you, call you spooky. But there are some of us that stuck up for what you were doing. They knew that, we knew that they weren't telling us the whole truth. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, pal. All right. But I like it. Yeah. I kind of buy it. Me when too. When he's delivering it, man, he does a good job. You're, I found myself I like, like- I like Mulder's defensiveness before he lays on him. He's like, stop or you'll hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, I think they do a good job of- I kind of felt myself, even knowing who Krychek was, kind of sympathizing with him and being like, Mulder, stop being such a dick. Yep. Like, cut the guy some slack. He is. He's being a a petulant child. Yep. And after the call from Scully, they got to get down to Quantico because there's some crazy shit from that autopsy. And, well, there's only one ride close by, so Krychek's got the keys. Uh, Gross stomach being weighed. Mm. That's full. Yeah, I wonder what and he was eating comes, that night. <laughs> <laughs> um, foie gras, that guy. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Room service in that place that he's living in. Yeah, it's like that's, that's like one of those weird like hotel apartments where you get like catered to. Yeah, you're right about that. That's why his belly's so full when they put it on the scale. But um, yeah, I like. Uh, how about how about number two of uh, straight up burn? I, I know. <laughs> I mean, granted, she has an excuse here because she's got like autopsy juice sure. all over her like, it's fingers, true. <laughs> but she doesn't even say it. She just 
ghosts right by him. Mm-hmm. What do you think that is? Is that is that her perception of Krychek, or is that a little jealousy about Alders? I'll tell you, it's. I think it's more jealousy. I don't think she's got a bead on Krychek yet. She's known him for four minute, four seconds. Right. Only Mulder can blindly shoot from the hip in four seconds and somehow right. be right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, she's a little jelly bean. She is. But let's get down to what she's actually talking about here, because this is uh this is a real thing. Yeah, she says well, we talk about the pugilistic attitude of the corpse. That's fine. That's funny, by the way. Um, and then she says the condition generally occurs several hours after death. It's caused by a coagulation of muscle proteins when the body's exposed to extremely high temperatures. Like fire, Mulder asks, of course. Scully says, no, the degree of the limb flexion is observed exclusively in burn-related victims. But there was no fire, Krychek says. And that's when Scully says, and no epidermal burns to indicate it as much. When I opened up the skull, I found external hemorrhage, which can only be caused by intense heat. Somehow this man suffered all the secondary, but none of the primary physiological signs of being in a fire. Almost as if his body believed it was burning. What? I like that she kind of like leans in and whispers it conspiratorially as Crychek's look in the back like, hey <laughs> guys, hey. Still here. Still um, in the room. Yeah, this is very cool. And it, it gets silly when it when we get to the the gunshot victim, right? Mm. When we get to Willig, but yeah, the idea yeah. of like like your body tensing, like whatever it's doing, whatever she was saying, which I only understood half of because my extremely limited physiological medical knowledge. Um, the hemorrhaging, like eh, that's a little extreme, but the idea that the body's kind of reacting physically, like your muscles are tightening as if it's you know you're trying to protect yourself, whatever, um, in the response of like you thought you were burning. Mm-hmm. It gets a little crazier when you're talking about like bone splintering. Yeah. <laughs> Two imaginary gunshots. I, I like the idea of your of there being signs in your body that your body is reacting to pains, perhaps endorphin dumps or things of this nature. I like that. I like it more than believing your body made those things happen by themselves, which is why I almost I almost believe more in that it could be some sort of telekinetic ability to simulate those wounds with your mind powers against somebody, right? Sure. I don't know if the episode's saying that, but I almost want to believe that more, if that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. all right. I mean, we can start with that. Yeah, if I I give you an, an illusion that you're being shot up, perhaps the wounds sustained in your body are from my, my actual mind generating those wounds sort of in your body, so to speak. Yeah, but I just, I kind of wish they'd phrased it differently. Yeah, you know, for like, sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Like, uh, you know, blood massing at that spot and essentially having like internal internal hemorrhaging kind of makes sense to me, but bone splintering, that's not really... Uh, right, because that implies outside force. Unless you're, you know, unless you tensed your body up so much you broke a bone, but that wasn't said either. But yeah, like your body's response, like blood going to an area that gets struck or or something occurring as a result of the immediate body's response to try to repair or protect you from something, right? These things. Would Must seem- have a controlled debt, like the, like the Twin Towers, Dean. Yep, Tower 7, baby. Skeletal controlled debt. Tower 7. Back and to the left. Um, well, well, let's compare, let's compare the, the TV viewing and attire, Dr. Grissom, to one Henry Willig. Oof. I mean, if I'm going to be in one camp as far as dress, I'm probably closer to Henry. I'm at home on the couch, you know. It's fair. A wife beater, some, uh, <laughs> some kind of baseball jersey thing on. Like a dirty re- hat. I mean, <laughs> it's really wide open. <laughs> wide open. 
Why is it so open? Why are you watching the Home Shopping Network? Does he just want to feel sexy? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, why is it so open? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but but this is really like very much an extreme of what we saw with uh, with Grissom. This is the other end of the spectrum doing the same thing. (laughs) And uh, as we find out, being essentially visited by the same individual, but we finally have a little face-to-face meeting here with Mm. Mr. Preacher. Yeah. Scar on the neck. We see that. Never saw Candyman. It's a good movie. Yeah. Never saw a lot of those horror movies. That that era. That 90s era. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was traumatized by uh, by the Lost Boys when I was five years old by yeah, a babysitter. That's, that's so wild. So I just stopped watching scary movies until I was like 15. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. We I see love the, the shot. The I love the shot of uh, our boy, Henry, excuse me, Cole, in the background. Yeah. Look, it just pans over and he's just casually leaning. <laughs> Preacher. You know, I, like that, I like that that Willig here, Henry is he's excited to see him at first. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like even though he's all I mean, clearly ominous looking, lurking over in the shadows there, this is his uh, you know, brother in arms. Mm-hmm. He hadn't seen him for how many years and you know, he's how long have you been in town? Let me get you a beer or whatever. And it's only after he kind of starts pressing him that uh he starts breaking down and uh you know he's a little bit bit actor here but i think henry does fine his his eyes look great all like fucked yeah. up and bloodshot yeah he looks like he's been playing wow for 20 hours <laughs> <laughs> i like how he talks about how he's been having a like when when preacher really starts pressing him been having a been having a hard time mm-hmm. and uh gets right into it man gets pretty dark for x-files like uh yeah i concur x-files gets dark but this is this is dark and like a very worldly kind of sure. yeah we can wrap our heads around this yeah, there's some fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all those women and children. I'm trying to get it out of my head. No luck. Yeah. We're all, um, we're all going to hell. Yep. What do you think we've been the last 24 years? After this, whatever, you was going to seem like you get a wine invitation. And, um, well, what do you want here, preacher? You killed him, didn't you? You killed Grissom. I saw it on TV. He had to pay, Henry. All of us have to answer for what we did over there. Damn. And then uh, we get that kind of shot that looks like I was going to say that Vietnamese version of Walking Dead. (laughs) I was thinking kind of close enough to be uh, Train to Busan. They all look the same to me. Yeah, it does kind of have a Train to Busan look too. But I just thought they were just going to start going for his brains. Yeah, they're pretty zombie-like until they come up with those M16s. Yeah, not so zombie-like now. And I like uh, I like Henry just closing his eyes and accepting it at this point. Ready for that sweet release of death. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually thought that that was a nice touch to show him in that state. I thought it made sense. Yeah, it makes sense in that, in that, I mean, both of them. This is, so Preacher's shown up to kill him, but here you have a guy who's kind of accepting his own death, and you look over at Preacher, he doesn't look like he's enjoying it. No. He just looks like he's he's painfully going through this thing he has to do. And that's kind of a cool thing for, for the quote-unquote killer of the episode, you know, the, the, the monster of the week that we have here. Yeah, I think you get away with this because you have Tony Todd, to be perfectly frank, because I think one of the things I, one of the things I was trying to do is I was trying to understand the Cole character, so to speak, what what's motivating him to do this? What why what's made him decide? One of the listener one of the listeners. Um, the Lord. <laughs> one the of the listener, Lord <laughs> Father Dean. <laughs> one of the listener comments was like, "Oh, um, fuck, you fucked me up." I'm trying to remember what it was saying. <laughs> he was no, it's okay. He was saying something like, uh, or she was saying, probably she was saying something along the lines of, 
how his performance was just so good. And I, and I agree. And it, and I think it sometimes makes me overlook what is it, is it simply that? Is it just, oh, and they were saying it's cool that the, that's sort of the villain, so to speak, is almost acting in a righteous way, so to speak. It's kind yeah. of a cool comment. I liked it. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it was, um, you see, you can see it on Cole's face when it sort of ends and he just kind of looks down and that's Tony Todd, just as a professional actor, being able to convey to us, this is not a joyous occasion for him. He's not delighting in the vengeance of the Lord, so to speak. He's not, uh, you know, he doesn't seem to be feeling like I am on this righteous mission. He just seems to be accepting that which he is doing. He, he looks like he's bearing a burden. There you go. Yeah. A cross to bear. Uh, to execute my uh, old teammates. <laughs> yeah, but he gets smoked and uh, we kind of do that great X-Files thing where we go right from the, the incident to the crime scene. Yeah. In this case, Crychick and Mulder getting, uh, looking at some crime scene photos. Mulder questioning you know, how this came to his attention and uh, I guess the medical examiner called up uh, Boyne Homicide. Homicide called Crychick who was on the case and... Uh, some weird shit going on here because essentially what they're saying is that internal damage matches with gunshot wounds, but there's no external indicators. There's no holes in the goddamn body. C- correct. But inside the body, it looks like like a bullet passed through. There's nothing obvious. There's nothing obvious. Yep. And that's that's where that that science. Eh, that's all. That's eh, a stretch. Mm, yeah. That's the old explode bone. Um, in the chat, Daniel Fouch, why is the preacher getting revenge on a squad mate? Question mark. Mr. Ruff to pay for their crimes in Vietnam. Um, so that's a lot of the, a lot of my thoughts reside around these ideas and in, in, in the motivation of our bad guy. And I know this is something that has come up a few times with us, the motivation of the bad guy. You know, it's, um, you would almost say it, it be, because Cole is one of the people who perpetuated the crime. It's almost like, ugh. Dude, you were doing it too, and now you're gonna kill all these guys. Like, I wonder what it is. Does it is it so we can feel some sympathy for him? Would it made would it have made more sense to have a you know a, an Asian American actor play this guy and be getting revenge, or does that complicate the matter? Does it make it less favorable to watch for us? Is it? I thought about that. Like, it's it's weird that he is going after the people that were involved in this crime, and he was one of the people doing the crime. It's almost like he's. It's weird. It's a weird type of almost self-righteousness, I would say, right? Well, yeah, no, because, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but at the end of the day, he is not seeking revenge or he's not seeking to deliver punishment unto them. Well, I guess he is, but but he's in, including himself in that. At the end of it, he he ensures that he meets the same punishment. And at the end of the episode is is him ensuring that he meets the same fate very deliberately, right? Right. I mean, right. he gets himself killed and does his whole, you know, biblical. I, I guess little, he. I guess there. I guess I find he's, him less sympathetic because he's applying his ethics to everyone else when he's one of the criminals. Do you see what I'm saying? But he's, he's applying it to himself too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's right. He's that, a, right, you, right. You whoa, 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 whoa. He's applying it to himself, but he's yeah. also applying it to everyone else, which is where I have a problem. That's all I'm saying. Oh. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't agree with him. <laughs> no, that's why I'm saying I struggle with the character. Do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm like, oh, come on, dude, you were there, you faster. Yeah, it's that you got to get in that religious fanatic mindset. That's what I think I'm trying to do. That's why I was saying, 
you know, it's the, I, I see the, I, I know that it is a thing. I know that he has the, the Bible and that's kind of what I was saying a few minutes ago. And I was like, is he, he's acting in this, in this biblical way, so to speak, but deriving no pleasure from it, which is one of the things I like about the character. But, yeah. the, but I guess that's what makes him a villain. I'm not supposed to love him. I'm not supposed to completely sympathize with him. I'm kind of like, oh, that's kind of, it's kind of, that's kind of dirty. That's dirty. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's, it's a mixed bag where, you know, it's, uh, he's probably a little less sympathetic than, um, what's his name there? Funke? <laughs> who's that? Who's that guy in blood? Ah, <laughs> uh, William Sanderson. <laughs> I'm mixing up Tobias. <laughs> uh, you UK. definitely, I don't know where that came from, dude. <laughs> what's his name? Fucking. What's his name in the episode? Will, uh, 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 I don't know. Fro Hickey? Oh, Fro Wicky? Fro Winkle? No, Frodo? No. <laughs> <laughs> funch funch jesus that's right it's he couldn't even do fun right that's what it was he couldn't even do fun the right way fucking poor bastard uh, funke funke he's an anal fro hickey isn't that one of the gunmen yes fro yeah hickey. and i was like where did that come from that's got to be something right funch. yeah so i think funch was in a way a more sympathetic where you just really just straight up felt bad for him I think there's part of you that feels bad for, or, or they, I, I guess, they want you to feel a little bit of sympathy for um, preacher or right Cole because here. he was a victim of the government of the of the governmental men who who did this right. to him. Of course, absolutely, yeah, I definitely but, but feel he, that. But he's still a little bit more of a villain in yeah, a way you're than, right. than than Funch. He's not straight victim. He's He's a maybe a semi-sympathetic villain, but he's still doing some awful shit because in his mind he's on this weird like path of righteousness cleansing purge. Yeah, yeah I think it's I think he just realized that the whole thing has to be ended and I'm going to end all of it including myself, you know. Danny Faust, if it's an act of mercy, then why show him the victims just end him? Uh, I guess because, you know, in his mind, he wants it to come back to their crimes. Because it isn't just an act of mercy is the only answer I have. It, yeah. There it, is, a, there is a, a, a form of what he believes, Cole, what Cole believes is justice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really what it comes down to, right? Yeah. There's a lot of comparisons to modern day where, you know, that social justice movement, let me put my justice into your life and, <laughs> and terminate your your career, or in this case, your, your physical life. There we go. Boom. But let's get back on track here. Yeah, so let's go um, to um, the they FBI. Make the, they make the first connection. Yeah, finally. Um, We're talking about uh, this This is where the whole nom thing comes up. Right. Between uh, Krychek and Mulder, because Krychek realizes this scar that Mulder points out, hey, maybe it happened when he was in Vietnam. He did a tour of the Marines. Yep. And Mulder digs in and saw that Grissom was a Paris Island, 68 to 71, mm-hmm. where, and that means that they were both there at one point in time when he was passing through on basic training. Yep. Uh, he was assigned to special forces on a recon squad, G7, of 13 original members. He's one of two survivors, in which Krychek says until yesterday. This leaves us one person who can tell us what happened on Paris Island. Great. Back to the sleep disorder clinic, or to a sleep disorder clinic. Good old VA hospital. Top, top of the line treatment. It looks like a dump, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think it's supposed to be especially because Molnar is kind of commenting on it, like, where are we going? Why are you keeping him down here? And the doctor's saying, well, he was he was interfering with the other patient's rest or the other patient's sleep. Right. And Molnar's asking why. And the doctor doesn't really answer and then opens the door to a deserted little little bedside area. For sure, yeah. 
we find out at the nurse's station that the doctor himself uh, discharged the patient. Well, I certainly did not. Ah, I love that. Harumph. By the way, what a fucking place you have this guy in. Is this a prison cell? Hey, man. Am I a prisoner here? Because that lock suggests so. Oh, 100%. Damn, man. He should have killed these people. <laughs> yeah, you're li- yeah, I mean, you're lucky you just used your little dream beams to, to sign him out. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah, you know, kidding. these guys pass. got off light. Also, the picture of Tony Todd when they're looking over the file. Oof, boy, he looks pretty <laughs> fucked up. That's a red flag right there. Yeah, that that is not a... That's, that's the look Private Pyle gives uh, Hartman right before he blows his guts out. <laughs> so that's... Got to watch out for that look. Why aren't you stopping <laughs> Corporal Cole's guts out? Sir, it's the private's duty to inform the senior drill instructor, sir. The private's holding a armed and, or a fully loaded weapon or something like that. Uh, and then I like Connery Sargent's voice just changes. It's like, now you listen here. <laughs> well, that's the Tony Todd look. They share it. Yeah, it's intense. I like it's it. Very intense. Well, I have obtained some information, Mulder learns. Let me shed some light on your current work. You must exercise discretion when we meet. If anyone follows you, I won't be there. Whoa. I like it. Dude, you mentioned this um, as you generally have a better eye for it. But um, you mentioned in a previous episode, um, some. I think it was the same director, uh, oh, yeah. Rob Bowman. Robbie Bowman, some shadow play here. This this um this little shot into this stadium in construction. <sighs> There's a couple of good shots since the uh, the entrance into the autopsy room was fucking slick. Yep, and th- this shot that like far shot of Mulder, mm-hmm. like just a cool like uh, you know a, this giant structure that's built to hold eighty thousand or fifty thousand people, whatever deserted just construction and lit at night Mulder walking across at a distance it looks really cool it's, awesome, it's a cool man. little meeting spot and uh man Mr. X Stephen Williams I fucking love this guy, guy rules also all, this is all nice like you know the lighting guys they never get enough credit this is slick the way they light him here yeah and I uh got a little note from Mr. BP uh pretty Ooh. cool so X was originally actually cast as a woman ah Literally cast. They shot it with a female actress, the only kind of actress. And they shot the whole thing. So if you look closely, the shots of X, it's clear, like somewhat clearly, um, Duchovny is not Duchovny. It's a body double. Oh, wow. Off screen. So they're never really on, on screen together this, this first time around, at least. Um, huh. And, you know, who knows who the actress was, whatever. But man, Stephen Williams, I think this guy is great. He, he strikes me. He has. You might call him a poor man's version, but one of my favorite current actors, Idris Elba. Yep. Um, not just because they're both black. Okay. Mm-hmm. Easy. I got you. Hold your emails. But they have this same kind of like like cool, like cool reserved dangerousness to them. Sure. Like this palpable and that salt and pepper kind of look. Man, there's just something about their energy. They're very reserved, but if women and I like that he puts it right out there in the beginning, this whole exchange, you know, we can talk about what he gives Mulder, but <clears throat> the line he says at the end, you know, my predecessor, you know, gave gave his life for that. That's a sacrifice I'm not willing to make. Yeah. Like this is very cool human thing. Like mm-hmm. He's risking things, but he's like, I'm not fucking willing to die for this shit. Yeah, and he just, X is, you know, he's just such a cool customer, totally methodical. And um, he just seems like he has confidence and control. And uh, it makes him compelling because he's also very mysterious. Yeah. It's slick. Um, you know, as uh, as people might not know, and, and we don't usually reference this stuff, but because we were just talking about this body double thing, 
um, on YouTube. Sometimes we play a couple of clips while we're watching this here, and, and the people who tune into the YouTube to watch our live shows get to see some of this stuff we're talking about. And I actually paused it. In, uh, in the foreground, there's a silhouette of the body that Duchovny's talking to, and it's clearly got a woman, woman's hair about it. It's a, it's a silhouette yeah. in the foreground. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, make sure you guys check us out on our live shows, man. LibreSheetGeek.net slash live. If that doesn't work, go to LSG, go to youtube.com slash C slash LSG media and follow us there. All right. Cool. So um, yeah, very cool. But the info here, basically, he's, he hands over a file. They talk about Augustus Cole in this, in this experiment. Not sleep deprivation, sleep eradication. Oof. This 13-man squad racked up 4,000 <laughs> confirmed kills. What were they using? <laughs> what did they use? Well, hmm. you know you know what they say about shooting women and children, Dean. I was going to say, 3,000 of them were non-combatants. <laughs> it's easy. Just they don't need them as much. They had the, uh, the, the fucking, what's it called? The infinity gauntlet, I guess. Uh, but yeah, some pretty crazy experiments here. And uh, Augustus Cole is, in fact, not the only survivor. There's no. another. The mm. name is on there. Great line from X. The truth is still out there, but will never be more dangerous. Yeah, man. The man we both knew paid for that information with his life. A sacrifice I'm not willing to make. Boom. Well, let's go see that, man. Yeah. Mulder and Krychek back together. Going off your point, I just want to hit a listener comment. Um Lisa, Liza M, um, Tony Todd, and Crycheck, television's longest running and weirdest homoerotic lust hate relationship begins here. Oh, <laughs> between, shit. Mulder, between Mulder and Crycheck. That's funny, man. Um, what is this dude's name? I've seen him in shit before, this guy. The actor? The next one. M- Matola is the character. Mate, Ma- oh, wow. That's S- Salvador Matola or Matola. Yeah, the actor's J- name is John Grise. Yeah. He is, um, this dude's pretty fucking cool. <gasps> it's Uncle Rico, dude. Yes. Yes. Holy. John Grise is Uncle fucking, and he was in Fright Night 2, which is crazy. He plays like a wolf man. <laughs> it's back in the day. I bet I could throw in a football right over those fucking mountains. Dude. Yeah. Uncle fucking Rico. And he was in, um, he has a great, yeah, Fright Night 1988, um, X-Files 94. His only appearance in X-Files by the look of it here. Yep. Salvatore Matola. But he does a lot of TV. He was in Get Shorty in 95. He's got a great role in that. He um, gets killed by um, um, Dennis Farina. You, you know who that actor is? He passed away. He's... Uh, Wait. Oh, no. I'm thinking of <laughs> Lou Frigney. That Italian dude, gray mustache. I'm the guy you told to go fuck himself. That guy. I don't know if you ever saw Get Shorty, but... He has a great exchange with with Dennis Farina in that. Um, yeah, he's been in quite a few quite a few TV shows, according to because uh, he was in. Um, he's the wow. They had a Napoleon Dynamite TV series, which I didn't know. I, he played Uncle Rico, of course. Why did not yeah. know that? I always remembered him. I made a connection of him with Fright Night and um, Get Shorty, but I never really realized he was in X Files. And then, of course, the Uncle Rico one came years later. Kind of cool. Very cool. He's a cool dude, this guy. Yeah, I got shot in the foot, Mr. Ruff says. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, and get shorty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I haven't seen that for a long time. Cool flick. Uh, one of Travolta's better moments. But anyway, 
So we, we did skip over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Krychek, Krychek, Krychek. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> There's, uh, yeah, Mulder and, Mulder and Krychek are going to uh, to check up on a uh, sighting of one Augustus Cole. That's right. Right they after get he on, leaves the stadium. Yeah, they get on scene and it's kind of, uh, things are moving quick. Detectives are present. Yep. Yep. SWAT wants to, wants to move in. They're holding him back. And as they're on their way up the stairs, we hear gunshots. By the time they get up there, there's two officers down. And uh, Mulder's looking out the window with his little Mulder fucking spidey sense. And uh, we see we see uh, Cole down there hiding in the shadows, but Mulder doesn't see him. We learn the two officers shot each other. Mm-hmm. That's fucking oh. nuts, dude. This is like Pusher. Remember Pusher? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How could oh, you, yeah. How could you not? Yeah. Dumb question. That's a good point. That is kind of a... Uh, a little similar in a way. Doesn't he fuck Except with the law enforcement in that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that and he has one. him, like, pull out into traffic. What season is that? Three? All four? Right. All right. A little ways. Boy. But, um, I'm waiting Did for you guys. Re- Sorry? We recorded that, right? <laughs> pusher, no. We didn't record that? We didn't do Pusher. Oh. Exciting, yeah, huh? There. Yeah. <laughs> third, third season. Third season. What's going on here, Mulder? These two officers, they shot each other. Crychecks beside himself. We better get to uh, Scully's stuff here. Talking about the notes, because the notes that Mulder got from X, he passed on to Scully. Yes. Uh, also, we should mention he hid from Crycheck. And um, we get her kind of typing up her little report, that, that, that classic Scully voiceover. Hell yeah. And she's talking about this medical procedure, and I'll leave it to Dean to fill in the My painstaking note process? <laughs> painstaking notes. <laughs> Also broke, in the dis- cut something in the fucking brain, Dean will fill it in. <laughs> yeah. Um, also in the describe, also in the described. Well, this is a bad transcript. Also described in the report is a highly experimental neurosurgical procedure meant to induce a permanent waking state. The procedure involved cutting out part of the brainstem in the midfrontal region, which would explain Henry Willig's scar. A similar scar would also be evident on Augustus Cole. Post-op treatment also included a regiment of synthetic supplements to replenish the organic deficits caused by a prolonged lack of sleep, Josh. This is consistent with the antidepressants Cole robbed from the pharmacy. These drugs maintain serotonin levels in the blood. Serotonin, of course, being the primary substance produced during sleep, as well as human growth hormone. Uh, while it is that's me editorializing sorry while it is theoretically possible this procedure greatly diminishes subjects need for sleep I can neither quantify nor substantiate its success without further clinical evidence end quote there you are wow great job writing that down dude I, I'm like a fucking sternographer is that what they're called <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well I have to do it for fucking other shows so I don't do it for this one okay <laughs> <laughs> I was just like every time I would write down like a really complicated line, you would just like fucking spot out the three lines before, and I'm like, fuck this guy, fuck. Uh, I'm so glad I found it. It made my life so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, the um, this whole thing is incredible. But as Mulder and Scully talk, it doesn't explain <laughs> doesn't explain how it could make a man think that he was burned to death or being shot, nor how it could make two cops shoot each other. Aliens. Like, yeah, probably. Or just the X-Files, gosh, God. Mulder, Mulder does his Mulder thing. He takes a mm. little bit of a leap. He does. Think takes of- a leap right to Get Lucky Street. Maybe Cole built a bridge between the waking world and the dream world. It's Freddy Krueger, bitch. <laughs> a collective unconscious. And what if, by existing consciously in the unconscious world... He developed the ability to externalize his dreams and effectively 
alter reality. My favorite thing is Scully's response. She recommends that Boulder, um, why don't you try to work up a profile? You know, police work. (laughs) (laughs) You know, let's pretend for the moment that you're a law enforcement professional investigating a series of crimes. Yes. Mayhaps you should use some police work. Yes, that's that's a fair way to say it. Use some fucking police work. In fact, Josh, I'm going to tell you, one of my favorite listener comments this week was from Wesley Ruff, I believe. Is it him that points it out? He does. He says, uh, best scene, in my opinion, is between Mulder and Scully on the phone, which conveys layers about their relationship. Still can't believe this episode was written in 24 hours. Um, He's talking about, I believe, this scene right here, if I'm not mistaken, because um, I happen to agree with him. It's really good. It's really good. After they convey the regular information there, and then Scully kind of questions how things are going with Crycheck, and Walter makes that joke about the the wardrobe, and, you know, surprised he's he's not as, what does he say? You have it right in front of you. But he says something about, you know, he's not as as opposed to my theories as Scully interrupts him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) <laughs> than I no, assumed he would I, be. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll tell you, man, I, um, this is adorable. This reminded me of like relationships when I was a kid. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> you hang right? Up it's her. so that. It's so, no, you hang up. <laughs> it's cool though. When she makes the joke, she's like, what? Couldn't, couldn't get by without somebody poking holes in all your theories. Ah, so good. And they, they do a great thing, man. Something that's really underutilized is the long beat. Yes. You know, just the patience of like a heavy pause in a conversation can sometimes say more than the fucking best written line. I totally agree with you. Drop it here and it's perfect. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, sometimes it's in not saying things where we really can shine, you know, it's just cool, man. Yep. I like it. But anyway, now let's get on to, uh, Uncle Rico. God, God, I can't believe I didn't realize that was him. Dude, Uncle Rico rules. Want to see me throw a football over those mountains? Get yourself a goddamn quesadilla. <laughs> when he said he was going to throw the football over the mountains, I remember choking on Pepsi. It made me laugh so much because it was so earnest and wonderful. It's so fucking funny. He's got the fucking camera set up on the tripod. He's pointing to the mountains. I bet I could throw a football over those mountains. That's so good, dude. It's so dumb. I love it. Man, I never thought a universe existed where I'd be talking about Napoleon Dynamite on an X-Files podcast. There you Who go. Knew? Until Who Uncle knew? Rico made his uh, <laughs> appearance <laughs> known. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they walk Mulder in. Mulder and uh, Krychek roll in. Yeah, and he's uh, a <laughs> little jittery. He is pretty jittery. He's working. You're going to kill me? Yeah, man, dude, relax. But seriously, yeah. How <laughs> tragic. Welcome. No, um, we're the FBI. We just want to ask you some questions, right? Um, why do you, you think we're going to kill you? I, I don't know. <laughs> All that gets right to it. He's like, you, you knew about um, mm-hmm. Grissom, Grissom and Willig? Probably. Can we talk not in front of the customers, though? <laughs> do you want to go <laughs> and we see the star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good old, good old days. Good old days in 1994 where you could just chain smoke in a diner as people eat eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so heinous. Fucking children nearby. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I'm a smoker, and I think smoking in a restaurant is one of the most fucking disgusting things. <laughs> it's pretty gross, dude. Come on. Oh, shit. Not having to sleep at all made us feel like nothing could touch us, you know? 
We do 24 hour patrols. Two lives. Two lives. Man, that's cool. It's a cool line. Nope. Yeah, 24 hour patrols, 9 a.m. bushes, all this shit. That's something fun too. Not not just sleep depth, but I did. Um, we would do stretches of um, like actually with our unit with um, off cycle training. You know where we do like a like for a week. We'd like sleep during the day and do all night training. Yep. Just get used to operating like that, and that's that's cool too. And that's just a weird like weird mammal shit. Like yeah. Your body doesn't like that. The whole circadian rhythm, I think it's called circadian. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, you know, even even if you're getting physically the same amount of sleep, like hours in a bed with your eyes closed, it's just so hard to get used to. It's the light, but yeah. You you can kind of adjust to a certain extent, but... I would imagine that. But hey, imagine the circadian rhythm in living in Alaska, when God, it's like yeah, it's 30 fun, days man. of night shit. Yeah. Fuck, dude. I was reading, uh, maybe it was a podcast I, I heard where the guy was talking about, there's some research about circadian rhythms and there was this benefit in waking up in the middle of the night and we used to do it a lot to like stoke fires and shit when we were like, you know, thousands of years ago. I'm like, that's so wild. Like people in the cold country would wake up at like three o'clock and restoke the fire and then do some things and then go to bed. I'm like, that's fucking bananas, dude. And I assume, yeah, that has to totally change your whole sleep cycle because if you're, if you're awake for like longer than a moment or so, when you go back to sleep, that, that whole cycle resets. Right. Isn't that wild? That's why I see, I I tell people that I can, I can do a 20 minute nap and like, what? I'm like, yeah, I can, I can, I can sit. I don't know. It's, it's probably kind of meditative, but it worked. I did the other day at work. I thought I was getting that fucking cold flu. That's whacking the shit out of everyone around here. And I felt like ass on Monday at work. So on my, I took a break and I just went and I sat down in this little chair, put my feet up for like 20 minutes and was just, and my phone went off and woke me up. I was like, whoa, in 20 minutes, man, it felt like two hours. I felt great. It was crazy. Yeah, it, dude, it's true. If you do longer than that, it no makes way. me groggy. Yeah, I can't do you it. You can, I got into that too, man. I don't know. It's crazy. I don't know if we ever talked about that when we were working together, but. Bose. I, I, yeah, it must've been because yeah. I don't get to do it often. But if I do, I'm like, all right, no more, like 25 minutes because I figure five minutes to kind of like settle for, my for body sure. down. Yep. Then 20 minutes. And even if you're not actually asleep, it's oddly like rested. It's a weird meditative thing because you can almost yeah. hear things going on around you. It's fucking weird, man. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means, but it's cool. And and yeah, if I if I do that and it's like over 25 minutes or over 30 minutes, I am ruined. Yeah. I but feel like just, a vampire operating during the day. I'm like so many negatives. If you get it, if you keep it to 20 minutes though, you pop up and you are ready to like yeah. lay out another 20 like gook women and children and just <laughs> rack it up. Just rack it up and roll. That's all you need. Or you don't need real sleep. Or you could skip the 20 minutes and just keep on killing. Oh, oh. right. Check out this drug. Have a seat. Have a seat there, uh, Private Bruins. Oh, Got no. this. I want you to try this pill and uh, go two, kill. Two lives, you say, sir? Two lives? Yeah. Go, go kill those dangerous women and children over there. Good luck. Well, the only the only good VC is a dead VC, sir. <laughs> is that Full Metal? <laughs> yeah, I, think I think all so. the quotes come out of Full Metal, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well. But, yep. <laughs> Still chatting with Maytola here, and they uh, they bring up Mulder. I think brings up that they suspect coal. Right. And Matola cops to farmers, women. You know, oh, sure. <laughs> outside of Fubai, there was a school. There were just kids. He does a good job here. I, I think this actor really does yeah. a good job here. He. I, again, he stands out to me, and it makes sense. He's been in so many other things. He, he he wears the pain well. They make a very distinct decision to really fill his face 
with the fr- in the frame and just show you his pain. And it does he does a good job. Yeah, I like it. It's awesome. But like you said, preacher. That's what they used to call him on account that he was always reading from his Bible. Yep. And uh, that's about all we get out of on a good Maytola here. Yep. Um, although, no, I'm sorry. We no, got no, no. More the doc, the more right? About Girardi. Girardi. Yep. yep. <laughs> it wasn't just um, Grissom, because uh, he asked, Mulder asked him, why Why would he kill Grissom? He wasn't part of the unit. You know, he made him, he made us who we are. Who, right. Who, who we became, whatever. Him and the other doctor, Girardi, the one that actually performed the surgeons, the, the surgeries. So, the next scene kind of gets, I want to talk about it a little bit because it gets right to something you were talking about and I don't really think they answer it, but it comes up here. When Mulder and Krychek are in the car, they're in traffic and this must have been like a, they were out the episode in 24 hours and probably somebody skimmed it through and was like, hey, we didn't really address this and I feel like they probably threw this scene in to try to answer some of that. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> because it comes up here. Why, why now? Why after all this time, why is Preacher now going back and doing all these killings after 24 years? And the only answer is Mulder kind of talks about like all the 24th anniversary of the Fubai massacre was two two days ago. It was one of the biggest massacres in Vietnam. Unlike Eli, nobody has ever tried. Right. But that's kind of it. Yeah. And and I guess that's uh, kind of not enough for you, baby. I mean, you know, he wrote it in 24 hours, so that's fine. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. Probably better than my three three page fucking paper I can write in twenty four hours. <laughs> it's probably why he does this for a living, actually. Good call. Keep at it. But um yeah. Uh, Scully says, I think I found the French star you're looking for. He's a professor of neurology in Harvard. You gotta go up to Harvard, dude. Yep. Yeah. Good uh I love any anytime anytime any kind of thrilling T V show or movie brings me to a train station, I'm probably gonna be happy. Yeah. Train Something station about scenes, train stations. Especially in a crime drama. Yeah. Right. It's cool. I like it. More They're old, looking old for old west. Uh, Trains work in the old west a lot. Yeah. There's something I guess I guess it's a little bit more There's romance to it. There's a romance to it. There's the old fashioned versus like an airport. And it's also like a little bit more, you know, like you can be right on the track versus an airport where it's a little different. It's a little bit more separated. You know, like you can't show somebody hopping on and off a plane <laughs> the same way. <laughs> um yeah, it's cool. And they're they're Krychek and Mulder race there. They're trying to find Girardi. They're running around. We see Preacher at the phone bank, <laughs> and then all of a sudden Mulder spots Girardi. A terrific shot of of Preacher at the phone bank. Yeah, I love it. I love I love the way they they roll the camera in on him and that turn. Ah, come on, that that's that's kick ass. Because you don't know yep. who we're going for. We we're we're tracking the man looking for change, and ugh, we changed the shot to him. Just fucking Brad. He's huge, by the way. It's a big boy. Yeah. I think he's six five. Is he really? I, I think he's gigantic, dude. Oh man, I kind of <laughs> wish they had like a. I wish they kind of got a little bit of more of a physical confrontation between him and Mulder then to kind of capitalize on that. It's kind of a waste. What's his name? Tony Todd. Tony Todd. Like, wouldn't that have been cool if if that final confrontation was like, you know, Tony Todd like right on top of him? Dude, holy mackerel, that's scary. I mean, Duchovny's not a, a tiny dude. He's six one, six two, but yeah. not a lot of, not as much meat He's on those. Built more bird like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> those fucking. Got like, those hollow bird bones. Like if he jumped off of a building, he'd be fine. He'd kind of just float down. Todd would be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Todd is uh, six five. Six he, five. Yeah, confirmed. Yep, we got him. Six five. He's sixty four years old. He's been in a lot of shit, man. Goddamn. 
I sleepwalk. Yeah. Platoon. Holy shit. I didn't even realize he was in Platoon, dude. That's amazing. Oh, who was he in Platoon? Holy shit. He's in Platoon, a Vietnam movie. He plays a Vietnam vet in the film Colors. Oh, Colors. Colors is a, I remember that. I remember that movie. I love that movie, dude. Boy. Yeah. Anyway, Tony Todd. He's the man. So anyway, yeah. And that talk about great shots. I really like the shot with Mulder, right? Mulder in a line, Mulder, Girardi, and then Cole behind him. Mulder gets the gun up. He's screaming. Dude. Then Cole, Cole shoots. Pow, 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 pow. So Drops. can you, can you describe to me what's happening in this shot? Cause I'm trying to, to piece it together. It's, it's essentially he, it, that guy's not really there, right? What What is actually supposed to be happening? Yeah. So I guess Mulder gets in the crowd and he thinks he sees Girardi. Girardi's not really there. He thinks he sees Cole behind him. He thinks he sees Cole with a weapon. So Mulder pulls out his pistol, Got starts it. waving it around basically, and then sees Cole shoot. Got and it. Got drop, it. drop Girardi, then drop him. So then when Krychek runs over and he's like, what the hell are you doing? You're waving a gun around. Nobody's <laughs> here. Girardi's not here. I don't know why Mulder isn't actually, you know, why didn't he go the way of Willig? I guess, I guess it's probably because um, Cole doesn't, like he doesn't deserve God's righteous vengeance. Because <laughs> he's got, he's got zero Charlie babies on his, uh, on his belt. Dude, the chat is amazing. They're saying that's how he got all his Vietnam kills. <laughs> all his <laughs> Vietnam rolls. <laughs> oh, fuck. That was uh, ugly 52. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> if not, I apologize. Um, they're yep. saying they're yelling Candyman. Um, we already talked about his Candyman appearance earlier. Candyman. Start, start off with that. Come on. Come on, people. Come on. We're, We're not that. that bad. And I guess, um, so basically Cole does all this just as a distraction. Because what he's really doing in the meantime is grabbing the actual Girardi and pulling him off to some abandoned like freight warehouse. Yep. And it falls down after all the... Uh, all the craziness, it falls down to Mulder doing a little bit of old-fashioned police work here. Yeah, this part's nuts, man. Yeah, actually actually so, doing a little surveillance. Yep, that's cool. This this whole sequence here is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's I really, like it. it's really creepy. This is um I'll tell you, this is a this is a pretty heavy moment for X Files, just in terms of the the violence implied. The the oh, oh, what happens to Girardi? Man. Yeah. Yeah. Some heavy shit. You shall All pay these- as the judge has determined. So I'll say this. I, as I'm thinking more about Cole and I'm looking more into the religious angle of this thing, it's starting to make me soften my resolve on his motivation because it really, because of the passages he's choosing to quote, it really is just, he is serving, a, a, he would probably say if, if questions, He's serving a higher purpose. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And that's and that 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 works, right? That works as far as what we've seen. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you don't have to agree with it. All you need correct, is correct. for it to be it's, plausible. It's consistent. Yes. Yeah, it's consistent. He has a he's a pretty plausible and consistent drive. He right. is delivering the Lord's vengeance unto unto the wicked in a in a very specific way, right? Not just not just any evil, this specific evil that he was a part of. Correct. And um and then in the following scene, right, we go right from this brutal fucking thing. Man, those guys and marching then, in and the, the scalpels, God. Yeah. And that shit he's like, we shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, wound for wound. He just keeps going. You're like, God damn, as he has disfigured a man, so shall he be disfigured. 
He's going real old school. <laughs> fucking old testament up in here. Fire and brimstone on that ass. He ain't playing. It's candy, man. What do you expect? <laughs> but um, um oof boy. Yeah, and, and you know what? It the reason I think I'm I've been softer on it the whole time on on Cole's motivation and on and who he is as as the the villain or whatever his motivations. It, it all comes down to you really need this final scene. You need Cole there waiting, right? He He's not trying to get away. He's done what he has to do and he's waiting. And when yeah. Mulder gets up to him, he, Mulder doesn't do what he kind of wants him to. Mulder, he's just waiting to get shot. Mulder puts down the weapon, starts talking to him. And, and then, you know, he kind of, he kind of breaks a little bit. This is, this is, um, I'll tell you, this is, um, this is a good moment from Todd. It's, uh, yeah. it's pretty heartbreaking. It's really rough. It's, it upsets me. <laughs> like it upsets me because he's like he's just so good, and and obviously I'm watching fiction, but just the idea of elements of the government and this guy's raw deal. It's just fucking. It's it's sad, and uh, man, he just wears it so well. He's such a good actor. He makes you feel for him. You know. Yeah. It's brutal. He's just, just the, broken. Yeah. His arms just at his side. Yeah. Like he's got nothing left. It just. It's it's really intense to see this giant man this big strong imposing man just fucking destroyed internally and he he looks like a, a, a you know a marionette whose strings have been cut and he just sagged you, you know it's yeah. like ugh, god it's brutal yeah brutal yeah and then uh great scene though and Mulder, Mulder, you know, it's weird, man. The only time Mulder really has strong empathy, it tends to be with, with you know, the the victims of crazy psychological or alien abduction or whatever. He, he, he can't have any empathy for fucking Scully, for God's sakes, his partner that he has a lifelong <laughs> relationship with. Yeah, yeah. But he sure. has these moments. He has these moments sometimes. And it's often like these very tight connections and he just kind of knows the right thing to say and he does here and he gets through to him and he kind of like you get the sense that he kind of gets Cole to sort of drop his defenses and kind of just surrender right. to this moment. It's not until Krychek shows up with the weapon drawn and then that kind of gets Cole Cole's resolve back to I, I like what this. I, I, I feel like Cole is up there to die. Yeah, yeah, I, I think 100%. And I think it's interesting that I, I think Cole on some level knows that, I think Cole on some level understands that Mulder has this incredible understanding for him and in this, in this respect, reverence might be pushing it, but an empathy for him to where he truly, I think Cole sees in Mulder what Mulder feels for Cole. Is, is that how I want to say that? I think you're right. And I, Mulder, and, Mulder connects with the outcast. Yes. And because I that's think, what he is. Yep. And I think the illusion is, is Krychek's POV and not Mulder's. I oh, think, 100%. I think Mulder yep. sees the Bible and that's why he doesn't react crazily to this man holding a gun on him. And, and I think Mulder at this point understands what's happening here. And um, it's he. Krychek sees a raised gun. Mulder sees the Bible. Right. And Mulder tries to stop Krychek. And Krychek, probably regardless of what his actual ulterior motivations are, he's he got to Probably would have reacted the same way. Yeah, he has know? to shoot. It's, yeah. He should have shot before the gun came up, as the gun's coming up. I know that sounds insane, but once do. the gun's up, it's over. I mean, he can shoot you in a split second. But that aside, I like. It's almost like what am I trying to say here? It's almost like Cole 
is letting Mulder off the hook to do what what he wants done to him by making it on Crycheck and not him because of this very brief moment of a real connection between the two men. Am, am I giving it too much credit? That's no, that's very cool. That's a very cool. I'm just seeing why, it now. I'm thinking of it why, now. Why Mulder? Because Mulder doesn't see the gun, and that's a cool way that they have this brief connection. Like Mulder kind of got through to him, but. And he knows it, and he knows it, right? Yep, and Krychek interrupts, and then Cole's, like I said, his resolve, I think, comes back to to meet his, to to have the vengeance delivered unto him, right? For sure. I mean, that's what he he feels. It's the completing of the circle, sure. Yep, he feels he deserves it just like the others did, and, but, but you're right, he lets Mulder off the hook. Yep. That's cool. Uh, Saying goodnight is fucking great. Fucking goodnight, yeah, man. And that's a line that a different actor, a different scene comes off bad. Like that could be like a bad one-liner, but it's not. Yeah. It's fucking great. It's a, it's a, I'll say this about this episode. I think this, even even though I'm like, yeah, I like it. I think this is a very strong scene as X-Files scenes go because I think it's an earned scene. Definitely. You could almost say he earned this. (laughs) <laughs> earn this <laughs> and regardless of how much we uh we Walk dig on off. Mulder as a partner i think it's fucking very cool that i think this this little moment here of Crycheck like realizing there's no fucking weapon like coming up there's no gun on the ground he just shot this fucking guy i don't think this has anything to do this tiny little micro moment of him being a pawn of the csm any of that shit it's, oh, right. I just fucking shot this guy. You know, Krychek might not be the stone cold killer that he becomes later on. This is early Krychek. But I think in this moment, and maybe he's acting, but what's real is Mulder's reaction. And he just, he knows that he saw a gun. And mm-hmm. he just tells him, you did the right thing. You did the right thing, whatever. He reassures him. And that's what, you know, that's what a good partner would do in that right. moment. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I agree, yeah. Because that's something that could fuck somebody up for life. Yeah, for no doubt, right? So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny, and, and this is, and, I, and I'll have to say it now because I, I feel the creative strike and I have to go when the iron is hot, as they say. It, it'll almost be a final thought, but so I'm not going to say it is, but I just want to say, as at the start of this episode, I had a an, an emotional feeling about this episode, which is just like, yeah, I like it. Like that, right? And I still probably feel that way if I'm being honest with myself, but I will say this. Academically, in thinking about this scene before we go to the the denouement so to speak i this this ending here with with the preacher or preacher excuse me dying is really a mind fuck because i what a i feel like this could be a real emotional weight for a guy like Mulder to carry forever we we already know how he feels about the shadowy tendrils of the governmental conspiracy stuff he's not a fan um, as you said earlier, he has this real connection with with the victims of these terrible things, which he did with with Cole. And we just imagine, just imagine this case. Imagine reflecting on this case. I guess is what I'm trying to say, Josh. Imagine just reflecting on it at home one day after participating in it, and all you did really was, and, and you know, we tease the show sometimes for like, oh, they didn't solve or win anything. Like like one of my favorites, uh, Dion Verlitz, right? They just are there and then it's over because you can't arrest the devil. The devil wins, right? And in this, it's almost like, this, it's almost sad for Mulder. Like think of what he was exposed to in this conspiracy and these poor men who were eking out just rough lives in these subsidized housings because they can't hold down jobs because they're so fucked up. And now one guy is killing all these other guys that were part of this 
crazy experiment that fucked him up and probably caused them all to kill each other in the first place. And then you meet this guy who's doing it, who just wants to die after he does all this. And you're just kind of there for this whole fucking thing. Like what a, that's rough for Mulder, man. Yeah. You're just sitting, you know, when you think about the case, you just (laughs) like, what the fuck? I didn't do anything, man. Like what a bummer. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just imagining the psychological impact on somebody like Mulder in this particular situation, I guess is what I'm saying. There's just so much pain to go around and you're just kind of along for the ride. Yeah, well said, man. That's uh, that's some heavy shit. And it's that heavy. is the kind of thing that, that would sit with somebody like Mulder. Phew, man. But let's yeah. talk uh, Let's talk uh, conspiratorial, shall we? Yeah. L.S. So smoking I, man. You already mentioned him, but um, I will throw another bone to Mr. Wesley Ruff, who said something else in his comment <clears throat> about how I wish, what did he say it here? I would have liked uh, to have had the reveal that Krychek was working CSM, uh, working for CSM to have been put off for a little bit longer. 100%, Ooh, man. That's a really good point. 100%. Because, like I said, Krychek really buys me in on his side. Like I, Who, who wrote that? He, uh, Ruff. Ruff. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Falch yeah, said something you know, about that, which, 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 as we're going to talk about that, let's throw in Falch's comment, which is, um, do you think a modern show would have held a reveal? Um, I think it would have, but in an episode of TV back in the day, each episode had to be self-contained for syndication. That's a good point too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good comments about the actual meta part of the episode. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, <clears throat> it's great seeing CSM uh, back in the show. I mean, this is a uh, great shot of him too, boy. Yeah, uh, no, you know, faceless, just the, the so good. curling smoke in the conference room. <laughs> it's so heavy, it's so heavy good. oak table. Yeah, man. And this is, um, this is uh, Ben Proust said something about it. it. Like, this is the first episode where we get a lot of the, even though it's funny, it's a Monster of the Week episode. Like, this is a standalone episode, but we get the majority of the characters that will be in the this whole next iteration of the mythology in this episode. You get X, you All get right. Crycheck, you right. get CSM, you get, you know, even Skinner's in there, you know, not on that side, but like you... You have a lot on that on the dark side. There, those those three big players, um, like right here in, in an episode that is standalone. I I think that's that's another thing that elevates this one a little bit for me. So that's a good point. Yeah, man, that's a wrap. That's Listen it. Comments. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I got a couple here. Let me see. Let's go with Matt's got a good one. Ruth's is hilarious. I'll read that one. Back in the back in the day, prolonged lack of sleep on account of an affliction called babies caused me to put various items of laundry in the microwave, attempt to cook a frozen pizza still in its box, and regularly search for the keys that even in my that were, were in my own hand for forty plus minutes. My hair also looked really bad. I guess we all handle these things differently. That's the true X file right there. Ruth, huh? Nailed it. Always got her comedy sets. That one. Yeah. I was going to go with uh, with Matt. Um, Matt Conrad, there was a fascination with Vietnam mm. during the late 80s, early 90s, for sure. Perhaps a country reflecting upon its history, trying to make sense of it all and come to terms with it. We got a lot of entertainment mm. based on the topic around this time. The X-Files alone touched on it multiple times, and it makes sense. It was a crazy ordeal, and there was a certain mystique surrounding it. War is always a breeding ground for crazy tales, especially things like governments experimenting on soldiers in order to create the super soldiers. See Jacob's Ladder. We know things like this happen. Uh, Nazis on the front line being fed methamphetamine, uh, methamphetamine, for instance. Mm. 
Uh, anywho, I like I really enjoy this episode. It's not necessarily a favorite, but I really like the concept and subject matter. Candyman is solid, and there's some uh, good imagery here, like Henry Willick getting blown away by the Vietnamese people. I like how you see the relief on his face, as if to say, finally. Ah, indeed. On the scale, it falls in the like category for me. There you go. Good shit. Uh, I have to say, man, this is really on on the edge for me. This is like almost a love. Um I'll probably come down with like a really, really solid like, mm-hmm. but it's almost there. It's almost a love in not because I think it's, I would never put it on a list of like, if I had to make a list of like what I think. Yeah, but any, that's not what the scale is, right? So don't worry right, about that. Right. But it's like, there's enough little elements in this episode that all come together that I really, really dig. And there's really nothing except for like the little couple silly things that we mentioned, you know, the, some of the <laughs> internal body, body mechanics uh, and you know, the lack of Scully. That's, that's another kind of limiting factor. She's great in her limited time, but again, baby, baby factor. Um, so there's not a lot of negative and there's a lot of really um, strong positive. So overall, it's it's a borderline love, but I'll, I'll put it at a very solid like. Sweet. Um, I like it. And I think I kind of gave uh, a roundup of my thoughts. So I'll step aside and let you do yours if you'd like. But I think you um, kind of just did. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. That was it. I think you know, we talk about some, you know, what's that expression? <clears throat> some episodes are, uh, or, you know, TV, movie, whatever, are greater than some of their parts or less sure. than some of their parts. Sure. For me, this this kind of, <laughs> this is the sum of its parts. You know, I, I don't think the episode in and of itself is anything amazing. So it's almost like the sum of the parts are, are greater than, than the episode itself, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's an amazing episode, but you put a solid episode, you put a great performance from Tony Todd, this cool fucking sleep thing. Um, you get X coming in, you get Crycheck, uh, the the trace to CSM at the end of it. There's a lot of things I just really, really dig. That that great moment that was mentioned um, about the com- that phone conversation is really powerful with uh, yeah, with Mulder really and Scully about their relationship. So just a lot of a lot of things that add up to uh, it's like a like an a la carte special, man. You know, there you go. Right it's, right it's not the best meal in the world, but there's a lot of little tasty <laughs> treats in there. <laughs> You'll come back for that appetizer. You're definitely going to come back for it. Absolutely. <laughs> I like it. It's a tapas. It's a tapas bar. Well, we've got a, a string of episodes coming here, sir. We have Dwayne Barry coming up next. Uh, Dwayne Barry followed by uh, Ascension, and then it would be three. So Dwayne Barry um, has already been recorded. So our our listeners are fortunate in that for the next few weeks, they're going to get episodes. They're getting this episode on Sunday. They're getting Dwayne Barry, right? The following week, they're getting Ascension the following week. They're going to they're have episodes for weeks in a row, four weeks yep. in a row. Because they're going to get this, Dwayne Barry, Ascension, and then we're recording three. So wait, are we taking two weeks off? Are we taking a little breather? Uh... Might as well. Yeah, I guess so. Take a little breather, give ourselves a little break, and then they're still going to get four apps. Yeah, do an episode. Yeah, they're going to get... Um, yeah, and then we'll do three in one breath back-to-back. How about that? Yeah, we can do that. So what we'll do so, is instead of releasing these every other week, we'll give you... So let me... let me <laughs> Stop talking and fucking whatever. Sam, let me pull up the old calendarino over here. So you guys are going to get this on Sunday the 24th. On March 3rd, you'll get Dwayne Barry, which is the following Sunday. And then the following Sunday, you'll get Ascension. And on the 17th, you'll get three. Which is going to be our first commentary of uh, season mm-hmm. two. 
Right. And then are you saying you want to do you want to do another one the following week or go back to the every other week out of the 17th? Well, yeah, and you know, we'll we'll re- let's release those back to back so we can record those whenever we want, but let's let's give them four fucking four and, four and four weeks. How about that shit? Yeah, they will cuz they're going to get like I said, they're going to get this on the 24th, Dwayne Barry on the 3rd, Ascension on the 10th, and 3 on the 17th. Yeah. Yeah, that's four in a row, bro. That's sick. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Right. Awesome. Well, cool, man. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, and then uh, following that, it will be, 3 will be a blast, and then 1 Breath Man. That is a uh, that is a heavy and power episode. I know that is one of Ben Prue's favorites. He's talked a lot about that one, and uh, it, it is definitely sets a tone, perhaps, for... Some might say the entire series, but there's right. there's some pretty powerful shit there. So now, the only drawback to this is that we don't get to do, especially as our audience has grown, but we don't really get to do listener comments. Maybe we'll do a little Dwayne Barry and Ascension roundup um, right before we do the three recording. So we'll sit down and we'll just. Oh, I like that. You want to do like a little 25, 30 minute roundup? Yeah, because it's a great two-parter. Because it's a two-parter, yeah. We'll let yeah, people would, talk about it, and then we'll yep. talk about that right ahead of the three one. We'll we'll um, we'll uh, cut that episode and just drop, maybe that'll be a little 30-minute special they'll get, just like a commentary, or we'll leave it at the beginning of the three. We can talk about the production part of that off mic, but yeah, why don't, do you want to do that? Maybe put up a thing that just says, hey, here's the schedule. We're going to give you guys a chance to talk about Dwayne Barry and Ascension. Yeah, we'll do it together. So yeah, let's wait. We'll wait till after Dwayne Barry drops. We'll drop it. It'll be because it's a tight two-parter. Sure. And yeah, we'll ask for comments and then that'll be cool for you and I to re-listen to our episode, re-watch the actual episode. I'm definitely going to re-watch it, yeah. Yeah, and then talk a little bit about it and that will kind of get us in the right mindset because then three is, that's a commentary that's going to be fun and quick and easy. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, It's not good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Dwayne Barry and Ascension are great. Oh yeah, three I don't remember, yeah, but not ooh, not a good one. It's terrible. Not a good episode. <laughs> Let me. I'm gonna. I have the IMDb up. Not me, a I'm gonna sniff shoot over to scully. it. Not a sniff. Not a sniff. Nothing, nothing but Mulder and a vampire wannabe chick. Oh, I'm You're looking. Gonna, at, I'm looking at the okay. images from the episode right now. Um, oh, oh, the guy, the burning. Oh, she's fucking sexy. Holy shit. Um, oh, is she shaving him? All right, I remember this. Dude, I remember this shit. Oh, God. All right, all right, all right. Fair enough. The company's then girlfriend. Of course. Yep. Of course. All right, guys. Well, hey, and thanks for, uh, we got a, got a pretty good, pretty goddamn good turnout. In yeah, the, uh, I'm not surprised. New, new format. I, I, I want to say this, too, about this. And here's something that I don't know if listeners are hip to just yet. You guys are getting this. If you're savvy, you can listen to these episodes almost a week early because we're recording. No, I mean, not a week, but Tuesday. We release it on Sunday, but it's on YouTube. So YouTube should become a thing you all subscribe and click the little bell on because then you're going to be able to get episodes completely and utterly raw, like as raw as they are raw. I mean, the sound quality is not quite as good, but it's not bad. I listened to one earlier today. And um, you're getting them way ahead of schedule. Like, because live shit becomes available like an hour after we record it. it. It fills out the whole episode and then it's available as a file to go back and listen to on YouTube, which is really cool. You know, that's one thing Mixler didn't have is after the Mixler show was over, you didn't have the episode till we released it. Now you can just go to our YouTube channel. I'm going to make a little X-Files playlist and we're going to start filling that bitch up and you can go in and listen to them ahead of time before the podcast comes out. So 
kind of awesome. So make sure you uh, follow us and click the little bell. Click the bell. Don't forget to click the bell. Somebody mentioned that in the chat. They weren't getting, they didn't get the notification. Yeah, Curry, that's a good click, point. Click that bell. Yeah, I got to tell everybody to do it on the other shows yep. too. Hit subscribe and click the bell. Hit subscribe and then click the bell. All right, man. I, uh, I have to run to the bathroom right away. Yep. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure you do too. So yep. um, you guys have a wonderful evening. Uh, Josh, you have a wonderful evening and I will see you in a few days, sir. Uh, yes, sir. We'll All see right. you back for Dwayne Berry. Dwayne Berry. <laughs> <laughs>